0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
2: We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets.
5: What up, Doug Gottlieb? show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from Southern California. Well, we're getting ready for college football to kick off mere hours away. Hell yeah. People back in stadiums. And college stadiums sell beer. Just saying. Um, Let's talk some NFL, though, shall we? So, you know, Andrew Luck... Made noise with some when he was at Stanford, and he told, and the stories were he had a flip phone, and he didn't have cable, and and people found that very hard to believe. Um, the flip phone thing, I think, more than the cable thing. Tua Tagovailoa is the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and over the past week and a half or so, there have been continued rumblings that the Dolphins would love to trade for Deshaun Watson. Brian Flores, a couple days ago, came out and said that, uh, you know, we'll talk about personnel. We'll keep all that stuff in house. Don't want to talk about rumors. But he stopped way short of saying, hey, Tua's my guy. There's no real questions on it. Then yesterday in a press conference, he said, Tua's my guy. But the damage seemingly had been done. So they talked to Tua. And here's Tua, what he said about Brian Flores. I think it
8: means a lot, with it coming from the head coach, um, the support that um, you know I have from him, from the team. Um, it, it means a lot, but you know, for me, I'm just focused, literally, on trying to get our guys ready for next week. You're a focused quarterback, and Flo's message has been to block everything out. But how do you compartmentalize everything that flows with Deshaun and everything that's mentioned? Yeah, you know what's funny is I heard Jank uh, just say he doesn't have cable. <laughs> I'm one of those guys that don't have cable, too. Um, So I'm not able to turn on my TV and watch what's going on um, to see the news and whatnot. Now, obviously, I know social media is a big deal, but really, I only hear from um, or hear about those things either from my agents or if it comes from Ann Nolan or if coach wants to sit down and uh, talk to me about uh, things like that. So that's kind of how I I find out, um, you know, a lot of the talk that's going on.
5: So that's, that's Tua saying like, look, I don't watch cable. I don't know any of this stuff. I just, I show up at the facility and I work and then I go home and then I get up and I do it again. All right, let me start with you, Dan Beyer. Do you believe Tua? Um, yeah, somewhat.
0: Um, yeah, I'm sure he's got confidence in himself and confidence that the coach has confidence in him.
5: Um, okay. What about you, Jason Stewart?
7: I just find it hard to believe that you could block everything out. I mean I know these I know these quarterbacks are special and much is demanded of them, but I just can't believe that he doesn't hear the noise. So I I I, I, I give him credit for trying, but I just don't believe it.
5: Okay. Um, I do believe him. I don't know about the noise and about the other stuff. I'm sure in a locker room, in a quarterback room, I'm I'm pretty sure that some of that stuff has seeped in. But I do believe the idea of like you don't have cable. This is like people who say, and I don't know any of them, but people are like, well, I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Like what? We're I mean, like 150, 160 million people watch Super Bowl. Feels like a lot, right? Chase, do how many people are in the United States?
7: In the United States? Yeah. Um, isn't it 330 million?
5: Yeah, it's three thirty, three fifty, whatever. Okay, so let's just even let's even go 300 million are capable of watching and only 150, 160 million do, you're like, what do the other people do on that Sunday? I guess anything they want. You know, I I have cable. I will always have cable. I need cable because what I do, I, you know, I'm, and and that's where all the games are. True, they're all going to move to the to the apps and they're all going to move to digital, but the idea of having cable is a, is a powerful thing uh, for me. But I, I also know that there's, Plenty of people that don't have it, and it seems to be an increasing number of people. And as much as I like to think that everyone in the world is on social media, especially like Twitter, the fact is very, very, very small people, a small percentage of people are on Twitter, right? Like they, they, and and of, of the people on Twitter, even less are actually active on Twitter, Now, that's the, there's the Pew Research Center. Uh, You can go online, you can check it out. One in five U.S. adults use Twitter. Okay, so that means four in five U.S. adults do not. Um, uh, According to, this was a 2008 survey, so obviously the numbers that you'd think have gone up, uh, 50 or older, is a lot less likely than 50 or younger. 42% of U.S. adults, Twitter users, say they have at least a college degree, compared to 31% of all Americans. So it's actually in your target demo, 18 to 49, a good portion of people highly educated, but a, they're small, small in terms of overall percentage. You know, in terms of overall percentage. And of the people that are on Twitter, there's an even smaller number of people who are actually active on Twitter. By the way, 66% of links to popular websites were actually bots. Now, the one point that should be made is um, the highest percentage of content on Twitter. Do you know the two highest percentages of things that are talked about or used on Twitter? Without looking it up, Jay Stu, what do you think it is? Oh, I I don't know. Uh, okay, pick it to pick pick topics you think that are most discussed or most clicked on on Twitter. I mean, as of now, COVID, Trump. Okay, that would be so politics whatever. Now, again, this was before COVID, before COVID, but Trump actually no, but um uh and and when when Trump in 18 half the people viewed him favorably on Twitter, which is really amazing. Okay, what about you buyer, what do you, what do you think the two biggest topics discussed traditionally? I would have on said Twitter. politics and sports. If that, yeah. I don't know if that's too you, general, you got, but you got one one of two. Okay. Adult content is number one, and and sports content is number two. Interesting, right? Yeah. Yep. So and I I, I, I fascinating. My my point is more that we, we live in this insular world of sports where we think that everybody thinks like we do. And granted, that's, that's actually a good thing. right? Because I get people all the time and like, hey, I listen to your show. Like, man, I can, I can relate. Like, you're in your 40s, you're an athlete, you tore your knee, you play golf, you know, you got kids stuff and life stuff and whatever. Like, yeah, like, like that's, we're all, a lot of us who listen and talk about sports, we're all, we, we feel like we all know each other. But that creates actually an unrealistic sense of what the whole world is like. And I can't tell you unequivocally every quarterback, but I actually believe that quarterbacks for the most part are much more, and especially a guy like Tua, who um, is not only religious, but a guy who feels like the, the, the humbleness is real. And the need to make this work and the way in which he's been trained to be a great quarterback is all about work ethic and turning off your phone or whatever. I believe him. I I don't think he's on social. I don't think he's interacting with people. I think he's interacting with his teammates and trying to, and it's a full-time job. He's the first in the last out. Like he's trying to make it. Now, does that mean that it hasn't ever been discussed as the first like what Deshaun Watson? I've never heard of such a thing. Well, now that would be lying. But he didn't say that. He's just like, basically, whatever the new news is, I'm not paying attention to. I'm, it's, when I work with Tom Bredden, who's just a, a gem of a human being, He's a longtime coach of Vermont. And uh, after they won in the NCAA tournament, he retired and he joined us. And I worked with him every weekend for a couple of years. And we traveled around, did games. And, and the hardest thing for him was, and he had a radio show. He had a radio show every morning. He's the highest rated radio show in the state of Vermont. And then he coached basketball and they were really good. And, and the hardest thing for him was when he started doing TV was like, he hadn't watched any other games. I have games. I have a team. I have a life. I have a radio show. I don't have time for all that watching teams that I don't care or know about. And I'm not going to play against, you know, that's that, that by the way is the hardest thing about NBA guys and NFL guys when they want to call college games. Right, they all get done, and they're like, "I want to call, I want to call games, or even call NBA games." They can't pay attention to other teams. We, we'll do this thing where we're like, "Oh, you know what the best, you know what the best voting for NFL things are? It's it's player votes. Yes and no, yes and no, because the truth is that those players, they, they they're not focusing on all thirty two teams." They're focusing on the so it's 17 games. You play the, the three teams in your division twice, right? That's what six games. So six and 11, right? So you're, so you're, uh, you know, you're focused on the, of the 17 games, right? You're playing 13 opponents, right? Or 14 opponents, those 14 teams. You have a pretty good sense of, but some guys might've missed a game, but those are the only guys that you know in the league. I think in the, in football, you have a little bit better sense because you play against half the teams. But again, that's half the teams, half the teams in the league you do not play against. And it's not like on a Sunday, it's not like you're watching games. And, oh, Hey, honey, I got to go to work. You might watch a little bit, but for the most part, you're getting ready for your own game. Even if you're Sunday night, you know, it's. This is the same reason that if you're calling a game, like I always like doing, I like doing games probably more than doing studio, but when you do the studio work, you can actually watch bits and pieces of all the games. When you're calling a game, you get there two hours for the game. So if your game is a, you know, a four o'clock start time on a Saturday afternoon and you're there at, at two o'clock, you're not watching other college games. You get done at six. You got a post game hit. You say everybody, I buy everybody the truck. You get back to your room at like seven from a four o'clock game. Now maybe you're gonna go grab dinner. Maybe you watch the night's game. You didn't watch. You missed the whole day. You went to shoot around. You talked to coaches. You missed the whole day. That's what Tua lives in. Like, do you think Tua's paying attention to first take and undisputed? No. Do you think he's watching the NFL Network? It might be on the locker room. He might look at it for a little bit. Might have been discussed. But I actually believe he doesn't have cable. He doesn't pay attention to the social stuff. And the, the agent thing, that's on a need to know deal. Now, I guarantee the agent knows and the agents called the Dolphins. and I'm like, what the hell, dude? What are you trying to do? Destroy the guy's confidence? But I actually believe that Tua didn't know or doesn't truly follow what's going on with Deshaun Watson.
9: and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
3: But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake.
1: As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Doug Atlep's show, Fox Sports Radio, rolls on. Mark Dominic's going to join us. He was for 20 years NFL scout, front office, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. going to ask him about a guy that he drafted number one overall and what he thinks of uh, Jameis Winston and the possible rebirth of his career. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, Mike Mayock is, of course, a former TV personality and football analyst turned general manager of the Raiders. He was asked about... Uh, what what he sees as the potential for this team, the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, and this is really year one of Raiders in Las Vegas because they played last year without fans, and that place is going to be buzzing. Here's Mayock.
0: John and I would both tell you that we feel like we need to be a playoff team this year. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. And you guys are all going to put that in your headlines, and, and I understand it. But we're not. I mean, that's what the expectation is. We think we've done the infrastructure work necessary to put us in position. And we got to take care of business. The
5: infrastructure work. Remember, remember last year, they kind of, at the end of last year, they scrapped the offensive line and they've rebuilt it. They've struggled to find pass rush since trading away Khalil Mack. I think a lot of the deals done in terms of getting draft picks, you know, and starting over and trying to evaluate and reap, it's good. Now, the other p- problem that he's running, they run into is they're not the only ones, right? The Broncos during that same period of time have rebuilt and they, if they had a Derek Carr, they would. They would definitely be a playoff team. The Chiefs obviously have a load of talent, and they got Pat Mahomes. And I would tell you the Chargers have better talent on paper than the Raiders. Um, so I, I think Mayock saying, "Hey, our expectation—we we should be in the playoffs." That's his expectations. And it's interesting that a general manager is raising expectations, not lowering them. Most people, you lower expectations. You try to under you trying to over deliver undersell and over deliver he's overselling a little bit I think isn't he isn't he and and in to Mayock's credit he's never once said hey look I, I can tell you who I want all the time but this is a John Gruden operation right like I'm sure there's been plenty of John Gruden decisions that were all John Gruden but it's fascinating nonetheless fascinating nonetheless.
7: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: Mark Dominick, 20 years, using the NFL, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously, and now he covers it. You can see him on Stadium Sports. You can follow him on social media as well. He's kind of spent some time with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Mark, we're a We're a week away from the NFL, so I think the news that surprised some was that Cam Newton was released by the New England Patriots. As a guy who's had to call in star players and give them their walking papers, what what was your reaction when you saw that Cam was released the other day?
11: You know, I think it's a culmination of what's happened over the last maybe week to 10 days for Cam. I mean, he had a good preseason. Everything seemed like that was going in the right direction for everybody within the Patriots organization. Cam had, you know, good stats. Mac Jones had good stats. And, and then the COVID situation happened with the reentry. And I think what happened is Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, walked around the locker room without Cam Newton there and sat there and go, this is actually comfortable. Mac Jones has control of this team. The locker room seems to be in place. And then Mac Jones comes out and finishes up with a really good last final preseason performance. Cam comes in, has an okay performance, but obviously the the weird interception. But I think that was kind of the beginning to the end of it all. So if you'd have asked me two weeks ago, I'd have said, look, I think they both are going to make it. Cam starts. And whenever the baton is passed, I think they're going to transition away from Cam. But I think they also look at Cam Newton and go, I'm not sure he's the ideal backup. And I'm sure Cam Newton looks at the same way and says, I don't want to be a backup of the national. I'm either playing or I'm not. And so I think that's what kind of culminated
5: to this entire event. Do you think he can still play?
11: Well, I think Cam Newton can still play. I think he played well enough in the preseason where, he, yes, he can still play football and he can still play quarterback in the NFL. The problem is there's not an open table right now, not to, not to jump on. I mean, I don't see it. And you can sit there and say, well, who is Sam Darnold? What is Teddy Bridgewater going to do? Uh, You know, there's a lot of, you know, what's going on in Houston with the Texans. You know, those are areas where you could sit there and say, could Cam go there? But not right now. I think those teams need four, six, eight weeks to see what their players are doing to say, is this good enough? So I think Cam's going to be on the sideline for a while because I don't see an opportunity that makes sense from my perspective for Cam Newton to say, oh yeah, I'm going to go there. I think he's going to have to wait to see if an injury happens or something else.
5: Yeah. It's interesting. Um, also, one of the things I found fascinating about Cam Newton is, normally, and you can speak to this. Normally, when a guy needs a job or is going to change, he always goes somewhere where his position coach is there. The head coach is now the assistant coach, the general manager, the assistant general manager. I mean, like, look what happened with Jared Goff when they're going to when they're going to trade him. They trade to to Detroit, where the guy who is the director of college scouting. Brad Holmes mm-hmm. is now the general manager, right? So somebody who believes in you, has seen you perform, that's who's going to acquire you. Is it, is it at all... Does it set up a, a bell, alarms and bells that Washington has had many opportunities with Ron Rivera to bring in Cam Newton? It's not like he's making a ton of money. They had a chance going back to last year. They had a chance this year and instead went with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Heck, even his backup, let's um, say Kyle Allen, they mm-hmm. traded for instead of... It, it does that... As a guy who's been that general manager, when you see somebody who's coached him, or even you know the guys in Buffalo haven't brought him in to be a backup or whatever, have not reached out to him, d- does that make you more hesitant to bring him in?
11: It does. It absolutely should, and it does. And sadly, that's just the way it is. The optics aren't good. You know, to your point, they traded for Kyle Allen. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the future of the f- Washington football team. Doesn't make sense to me, right? I get maybe of the next eight weeks or whatever, and we'll see what they are in terms of this whole Deshaun Watson situation. But um, no, I think those are those are bad optics for Cam Newton. Uh, not a good set. And but yet at the same point, I don't want to beat up Cam Newton too much because Bill Belichick had him in his team and leading his team in 2020 and sure. brought him back. And so th- there is something there about Cam that's uh, been better. But it's certainly not to the point where people have had him in their building and said, you know what, we'll stick with the guy we got. And, I, and that does have to resonate with 31 other general
5: managers. Your, your projected draft order, your projected draft order, uh, was Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, uh, then Trey Lance, then Justin Fields. Obviously Lance went before, Lance and Fields but went before Jones. Um, but wh- so what, what do you like about Jones and what, what do you like about Jones, and and how can he work within New England's offense?
11: Well, what I like is that you had actually had my draft order. <laughs> it's impressive. You did some homework. I love it. No, but I did. And uh, what I liked about Mac Jones was I spent a lot of time with um, athletes prior to the draft and get a chance to talk to them about you know preparations, what to expect for the draft, what to expect for the combine, all those different things, Senior Bowl, etc. And so, for the last few years, obviously you run into a lot of Alabama players, as a matter of fact, and because of that, you know they've they've been a factory for quarterbacks, which usually they haven't been known for that. With Jalen, obviously, with Tua, and now with with Mac. and I know every year a different quarterback has an opportunity. But to a guy, you, know, you watch the tape and you you like all the attributes about him, you know, and, and everybody's like, well, he's not that good of an athlete. But if you go back a step. He tested out good. He just didn't test out as an elite athlete. So he still tested out as an athlete, even with the Tom Brady body that we got to see for the combine. But what you liked about him was he was such a pro's pro. He worked extremely hard on being a student of the game. Nick Saban completely trusted him with every information. They could load the entire playbook onto his shoulders. He could handle it. And I think those elements were really what what swayed me to sit there and say, this guy's ready, and I know he plays at Alabama, and people love to say, well, look at all the talent around Alabama. And I like Justin Fields too, but it's not like Justin Fields was lacking in talent in him, around him in Ohio State, or Trevor Lawrence didn't have any talent around him in Clemson. So when you start saying those things, you're just trying to make an excuse because Alabama quarterbacks haven't had great success in the NFL, but I felt like Mac Jones had all the attributes you want to have at that position.
5: Well, Mark Dominic joining us, the former general manager of the National Football League, and follow him on social media. Okay, so Uh, What was your eval of Tua Tungavailoa when he came out?
11: Yeah, I thought Tua uh, has talent, but there was concerns there that I thought he played more with, like, um, his instincts. Uh, You know, I talked about Mac Jones being more of a a so-and-so student of the game. Like, Mac's going to follow the progressions. He's going to do exactly what's going to happen. Tua, to me, will start that way, and then he's just going to break it down and, like, try to go make a play. Uh, And then, you know, a guy that was classic, which, which was way too extreme, was obviously Johnny Manziel, who to me couldn't read anything, He just kind of used his legs and his minds Like I'm just going to make something happen every play. So Tua somewhere on that and sh- that in that stream between Mac and Johnny, but I think he's more towards Mac. Um, but I still want to see him continue to show the accuracy element of it. Uh, and I think it's been important for him to get the entire offseason, and have a chance in that playbook, but. I understand, it, you know, the Dolphins are clearly are not saying we don't want Deshaun Watson. They're not coming out and like, we have no interest, or we've moved on to as our quarterback. They just said, to as our quarterback. Because Deshaun Watson, to me, is a level better. And if you can get a level better at that position, you're going to need to, because with Josh Allen in that division, you're going to have to find something to kind of even the playing field.
5: No, I, I get it, but uh, it feels like it does a t- ton, of, ton of harm. Deshaun's not going to play probably this year, or at least half of this year. They don't have him yet. I... I I just I don't I don't really understand and maybe they can't control that that story has come out. Um, like part of me thinks, and I mean, you tell me if this is crazy. I think Houston leaked that. I think Houston was pissed that Deshaun not only said he wanted out after they paid him all that money up front, but also like the first team he wanted to go to is is Miami. I just I think if I'm guessing. Houston wanted that out there and if it screws up Miami's season in the, in the short term fine look what's happened to Houston in the short term um mm-hmm. but what about what about controlling that when you're Houston because even if even if we would all agree Deshaun Watson checks a lot more boxes as a better uh, quarterback than Tua Tungavailoa the likelihood of success when Tua has to look over his shoulder at this um imaginary player who it's not even in Miami, it doesn't make it really hard to, to, to have him have the, the belief in himself and that you believe in him when he knows this is looming?
11: Yeah, no, I think it definitely hurts. I think it makes it definitely more difficult for Tua uh, to have the confidence uh, in himself because he understands that they are obviously looking and kicking the tires somewhere else. And to your point, which would be really epic and, and I would love it, is you know maybe Houston caught wind that they were tampering. And they're like, oh, okay, you're going to tamper a little bit. Well, then enjoy this. Yeah, I'm going to turn around. and <laughs> We're going to. That's
5: my working. That's my working thought. That's what I think.
11: Yeah, no, I like it. I like where you came with that because that's a really that would be a, a very powerful move, which I appreciate, and I think it's a a clever move if that's what the mindset was or is. So um, possible, but again, all Miami has to do has to do is just say, hey, we're out of the business. And we have no interest in, in any other quarterback except to a, They don't say that. Therefore, they don't mean that.
5: Okay, you, you, were, in, you were in Tampa for a long time. Before, before you were general manager. Of course, you succeeded Bruce Allen. Um, mm-hmm. So you've seen the ups and the downs, the good times and the bad. Um, you're, you're watching Gruden from afar here. And now Mike Mayock comes out I think yesterday and says, Hey, we expect to be a playoff team. And and look, when he got the job, I talked to NFL guys, and they're all like, "Look, that's a good football guy. Eventually, he'll figure it out." But I don't know the changing of the offensive line again, the lack of a pass rush, the 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 overdrafting of some guys. Like wh- here we are, a couple years in, they finally have the new stadium. They'll finally have a crowd. D- do you like the the progression of the Las Vegas Raiders?
11: Well, I do think – I don't love the overhaul of the offensive line. think It's a very difficult thing to do, but they can get it done. Um, you know, I feel pretty good about where their pass rush is. I think Cleveland's Cyril's going to continue to improve. He may not be worthy of where he was picked, but it doesn't make him a bad football player or anything like that. But I do think he's still a good football player. I think Max Crosby is their big piece. Like, he's got to return to what they've seen in his rookie campaign. And I think Yannick Ngakwe, when you have those three, I think you should have a pass rush. I'd be surprised. I mean, if one of those guys doesn't pass 10 sacks, something's going wrong. Something schematically is wrong. Something just overall is wrong. So the trick with the, the the Las Vegas Raiders I have is Kansas City has gotten a lot better offensively. I mean, with that offensive line, I think it's tremendously better than what it was. We all know that Justin Herbert looks like he's on the come. And then Teddy Bridgewater's in a position where he doesn't blow games. He doesn't mess things up. So I think it's going to be a really interesting division to see how the West plays out. Uh, certainly Mike threw down the gauntlet and said it's time to get to the postseason. I appreciate that. But um, I don't think the Raiders are a playoff team in 2021. I, just, I, I think there's too many other teams right now that have too many things in line to you know be able to put the Raiders in the postseason. But yeah, I've been with John, and he won us the Super Bowl in Tampa, and it was, it was because of him. He, he did a great job of finding ways to motivate people and it happened.
5: Um, it's interesting. I agree with you on that. It's, you know, nobody, you're not just in a, in, a, in a vacuum, right? There's other teams. And in that division, I, I really like what the Chargers are doing personnel-wise, especially now with the Derwin James back healthy. They, yeah. they, they reworked their offensive line, I, and I know that's hard to do, but it feels like so far if they stay healthy is success. W- what did you think of Herbert coming out?
11: I like Herbert. I, w- I had a big grade on him, too. Uh, and I think if you go back and look at anything television or radio, I was a huge fan of Justin, a super smart guy, could relay it onto the football field, and just had um, immense talent uh, with his brain as well as his arm. I think people just kind of assume, cause, again, Oregon quarterback, and he wasn't the lo- most vocal young man. I think they took that for granted, and Justin, I think, has proven himself to you know let that his mind be able to transfer to his arm and make quick decisions.
5: You know, they, they they bring in an offense coordinator from New Orleans, and the the question is, you know, while that offense works, it had Drew Brees that was accurate, short, and underneath. And again, that, that's what he did at Oregon a bunch, you know, a lot of bubbles and things like that. But I mean, the guy has an absolute hose and he's got all this talent. What do you think of the blending of the new offense with, with the quarterback?
11: Oh, I think it's a good blend. I think it makes sense. It, it, it's, uh, it's going to be something worth it.
5: All right, hold on. We're going to reconnect here. With Mark Dominic in one second, he was he. I, I I I he. I think he likes it. He liked that pick, so we'll get to him in a, in in a second. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Want to make sure that we got that good connection. Let me know, guys, when, when we have it. And it's fascinating, right? All right, we lost him. Hey, all right. Well, thank him for coming on, and I'll I'll make sure we 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 text him as well.
7: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at three p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
6: wherever you get your podcasts.
7: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the
9: win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com
2: slash with Amex.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
9: And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
2: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
1: And then you have China.
0: Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
9: But
3: the problem is that that paperwork, as our
1: reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Every day at this time, I'd like to play for you a portion of a previous show or shows based upon the topics that they discuss, their opinions on it. And then we have our own time for opinions. We call it... And now... (laughs) What does the Fox say? Chris Broussard, uh, in case you you want more Chris Broussard, uh, he's on First Things First now on TV. And then, of course, you can hear him right here on Fox Sports Radio, The Odd Couple at Night. Earlier today, he said this on First Things First about how Ben Simmons handled his situation in Philly.
6: He is making it look like the Sixers are mistreating him. Okay, like I can't believe what they're doing and what it what it says to me. And they they may like I said, they said the wrong things. But all of this, his action since then, Nick, makes me think there is a reluctance and a refusal for him to look in the mirror. Because the fact of the matter is, even though Doc and Joel spoke out of turn, Ben has not gotten it done. And Ben was horrible in that playoff series against the Hawks. And Ben has not added a jump shot, even to take the jump shot. And so it scares me if I'm an opposing team, because I like Ben. and And we've talked about it, you and I, how they can build around him somewhat like Milwaukee's done with Giannis and all that. Okay, but if I'm an opposing team, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, first of all, it's been four years and he still hasn't gotten to the point where he'll even take jump shots. And now the way he's handling this makes me look at it like this dude won't look in the mirror. He won't look in the mirror and say, I've got to get better. Yes, Doc spoke out of turn. Yes, Joel should not have said that. But I didn't get it done. At the end of the day,
5: they were right. He's right. It, it's weird to have a guy. He, remember, Chris was the one who had the information yesterday saying Ben Simmons would play for any of the other 20, 29 teams. He's just done in, in, in Philadelphia. Um, I, I think he's right. Look, it's hard for guys to go, hey, I, I, I blew it. I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't good enough. It's really, really hard. But I also think it's realistic, Um, and and Chris is one hundred percent right on everything he said. Philly shouldn't have said what they've said, but nothing that they said was wrong. And Ben has never once been accountable for it. He hasn't. Look, that marriage is over. But trying to decipher what ended it, I think, is a really interesting one, and it's one where, and you know, this is like the counseling one hundred and one. No, you're not going to repair that relationship, but you're going to have the same problems in your next relationship if you don't fix those same inherent problems. Make sense? Okay, this is Colin Cowherd about John Gruden earlier today.
10: As we've given this guy that's highly emotional, that runs really hot, a 10-year contract, an ultimate power, his messaging falls flat, and his teams erode over the season. He is a bad coach post-Thanksgiving, but I don't think he's a bad coach. That's why with Gruden, I never liked the 10-year contract. I'd give Andy Reid a 10-year contract. That's a different personality. I would give Belichick a 10-year contract. That's a different personality. I would never give Jim Harbaugh a 10-year contract. He runs too hot. I'd never give Gruden a 10-year contract. He runs too hot. But it's interesting now, if you go look at Gruden's career, last three years in Tampa, and with this Raider reunion, it's the same story, a bad late, really bad late. And that's coincided with his wealth, his fame, his power. So not all coaches, John can coach. But when you lay it out there, this year, I think this team's his worst team. I think they have the worst offensive line. They have a weird cap situation. And I wish him the better, very best of luck because I like him. We've all worked with people, you know, oh, that, that's a 10-year deal. And then, 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 you know, sometimes you fall in love with somebody, you marry somebody you think's going to last forever. A lot of times you date somebody you think you're going to have a fun weekend in Vegas with. And I think John is more the latter than the former.
5: That's fascinating. Um, because I, I, here's the thing. We, people freak out about the 10-year contract. Still got show on Fox Portrayer. That was Colin earlier today. This is what the Fox says. People freak out. What's up, People freak out about the 10-year contract. But what's the reality to it? Okay. He had, he had a long contract with ESPN, and it, ha- it was going to be extended because the Raiders came after him. So the reason they got to the $10 million per year uh, number okay, was because of, he was making you know six or seven. In order to get somebody away from what's a lifetime appointment, you have to give them more money and more years. Otherwise, they're not going remember the Raiders were in transition of, of moving the franchise and that, that's a long, that's an arduous process. That's hard. They also, they were a mess. They hadn't been good in 20 years. And the last time they were good, John Gruden helped build it. So I, I you have to take context in, if you're going to try and say it, why, why he was given such a lengthy contract. Yeah. You, you have to take into account context, context, he has everything there. But, and this is a huge, this is a Lizzo type of but, uh, it's also fair to say that he falls in and out of love with players, with quarterbacks, and though Mayock owns a lot of these draft picks, and nothing is done without the approval of Gruden. And so if they do not succeed and they tore apart their offensive line and they're in a bad way cap-wise, the buck has to stop with Gruden. Now, are they going to get rid of him? No. This is the path that they've chosen. And the Raiders, who were cash-strapped, chose to give him a, a, a contract he would not refuse. He did not. And here they are.
10: Ah! What the Fox That
5: is what the Fox said. Yeah, this is an interesting year for them, right? I mean, the truth is that part of a 10-year deal, he's not really going anywhere for a, for a while. But it is going to be fascinating on how they are viewed after... As we move on in this, you know, now that we've gotten this many years in. Are they better? Yes. They're unequivocally better. They're better. People forget. People want to say, hey, what about they made the play? They made the play once in the last 20 years. That was the exception, not the norm. That was a magical year. That was Jack Del Rio was the coach. They kept going for two and occasionally, and they got it more often than they should have. So, Yes, in in fairness, I do actually, I truly do believe that um, that they're better off top to bottom than they were previous to Gruden getting there. The problem is that that division has dramatically, dramatically improved, dramatically improved. All right, we got um, got some picks upcoming this hour because we have college football kicking back off tonight. That's gonna be fun. Fun, fun, fun. Um, I got some Tony Romo sound for you. We're going to take it to Cleveland to get you ready for Ohio State's opener against the University of Minnesota. And, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, a couple Pac-12 games tonight. Utah, Arizona State. Arizona State also under NCAA investigation. And we'll see if USC can get it going. We'll ask Yogi Roth. He's going to join us. So we got some college football. Plus, wait to you hear what Brian had to had to answer and why that answer is an indictment on everything that aaron Rodgers has been pushing for but coming up next tony romo has been a guy who sees the future usually that future is what's going to happen on the football field wait till you hear his evaluation of a rookie quarterback and what he believes will happen in the next couple of years with that rookie quarterback